Welcome to the Alt Asset Allocation Podcast. Exploring alternative investment opportunities available to the everyday investor. Here's your host, Ben Lakoff. Hello and welcome to the Alt Asset Allocation Podcast. Today's interview is with Chris Kay. He's a DeFi educator and YouTuber. Decentralized finance, or DeFi, is something I've talked a lot about on this channel. Chris is doing a lot of onboarding in DeFi, which is very hard. I run Crypto Mondays here in LA, and if if you're in town, as a side, come. We meet every Monday. There's going to be 200-some people there tonight, but typically it's somewhere between 50 and 250 people. But anyways, there, I love talking to people, newbies, but taking someone from zero, absolutely zero, don't understand public-private keys, to yield farming or any other advanced DeFi concepts. This is not easy. So in this episode, we talk about what is decentralized finance or DeFi, why it's important, some of the risks, and then in general about onboarding newbies into DeFi. And then we close it off with some predictions on where the space overall could be going. Shocker, nobody knows, but it's always nice to have those conversations. We go through a few websites on the interview. So if you're listening on the podcast, it might make more sense to jump over to YouTube for a few of the sections. Either way, I try to narrate it, but it could be easier to follow along in video format. In the show notes, I've linked up all the relative links. If you missed them during the interview, you can find them at altassetallocation.com. All right, there you go. Enjoy this intro to... DeFi with Chris K. Chris, excited to have you on the show today. Welcome to the Alt Asset Allocation Podcast. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me on. Happy to be here. Yeah, looking forward to it. So we we chatted after a Twitter Spaces not too long ago and wanted to have you on because you're doing a lot of education around and onboarding into DeFi, decentralized finance. So it's it's not easy. Anybody that has taken anybody from zero, not having any crypto exposure to like yield farming in DeFi, it's, it's God's work and it's not easy. So wanted to have you on, talk about current state of the DeFi ecosystem, what's happening there, and, and more specifically about onboarding newbies into DeFi. So I want to get into all of that, but let's start off a little bit of your background, how you got into crypto and and what you're doing today. Yeah, man, let's do it. All right. So background, basically I graduated college in like 2016, summer 2016 with a computer science degree, jumped into a job that I I really didn't like, which was software engineer, stayed there about a year and quit right around like exactly a year later and that was like right around the time like 2017 before the crypt first not first but that crypto bull run started that like we all know about and i still didn't wasn't really into crypto like that but that year like a couple months after i quit i started you know kind of buying stuff like litecoin and just you know getting financially involved i knew of crypto for a long time through my brother but yeah i didn't start getting financially kind of in the mix until couple months before that crazy mania started right and that really caught my attention but you know we we all know like back then there wasn't really much to do it was like buy low sell high type of thing and it was it was amazing got into a lot of stupid things but also you know there were a lot of great things i learned and the one thing i did do right is i didn't really go away and like summer 2020, like DeFi summer that a lot of us here know of. And that's how a lot of us kind of got roped in. That's kind of when, you know, my, my interest was like an all time high and it was still like kind of like bare winter, you know, it wasn't nothing like it is today. And that really like ever since then, man, ever since DeFi summer 2020, I've kind of literally been 24, seven, three, six, five, just all eyes on crypto. So yeah, I've been all in since then and haven't looked back. Nice. And very similar trajectory within the crypto market for me as well. I mean, I, I got in like late 2016, but like 2017 bull market was the welcome to crypto. This is this is yeah. a pretty cool place. And it definitely was the depths of the bear market that really like solidified it and DeFi summer swinging back up. So yeah, very can resonate quite a bit with a lot of that story. I'm curious mm-hmm. your your well, your Twitter handle is Chris K, but yeah. you go by DeFi Donut. What's the what's the story there? 
Yeah, it's it's not that exciting actually. I was so the first YouTube video I made, it was you know about like Mark Cuban's NFT thing, like way before NFTs were like crazy clo close to like their mania stage. And I was like, okay, brand new YouTube channel, right? I need to post it somewhere. And it was it was out of like passion, right? I, I made that video because it was super super interesting to me this whole NFT concept, and it was a new channel. I was like, all right, I have to name this something, right? So. I, was, I knew I wanted the name DeFi and I was like, okay, what's another word that starts with a D that kind of, you know, sounds catchy. Donut is literally the first word that came to mind. So that, that there's no big story there. It was just my YouTube channel name. It's kind of nice. stuck with it. Nice. All right. So bye. Let's, let's start by defining it. And for my listeners, we've done a number of episodes on DeFi. So the one that comes to mind is DeFi dad came on and talked what it is and why it's important. But mm -hmm. I, I like to hear this from everybody because it is this rather broad industry that like, you know, what it is to different people is some, sometimes different. So let's start off by defining it. What is DeFi and then why, why is it important? Right. I'm sure like if you ask five different people, you'll get five different answers. It is a broad term, but so for those that maybe don't know, DeFi stands for decentralized finance, right? And it's kind of like an idea of this open financial system. And essentially what, you know, kind of what we're trying to do is take all the current finance, financial applications and move them onto the blockchain. And I know blockchain is like a, a buzzword to a lot of people, but the kind of benefit in that is everything becomes a transparent, mutable, and we kind of have all these applications that can build on top of each other, communicate with each other, and we call them money Legos, right? And it just makes for a super like hyper innovative kind of growth trajectory where like we've seen there's always something new in crypto. That's just because the way I put it is, you know, in the MySpace days, for those that remember, HTML kind of let us create our own profiles and there was all these different themes and everything was different. And you know what HTML did for the internet in like the 90s, I feel like the blockchain is doing for finance and a lot of other things in the 2020s. So it's just like a customization layer that we've never really seen before, especially like in this sector. And at the end of the day, it's just meant to be like a financial system that's governed by its users, you know, ideally, I know that's kind of, you know, too early to say because it's still kind of an experiment, but ideally, right, we want a system where we kind of are in charge. If you use a protocol, you can buy voting power to it and have a say in it, right? And yeah, I think that's that's a pretty like basic definition of decentralized finance to me. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And that's why it's important, right? For each person, it's slightly different, but a lot of mm -hmm. the sim similar characteristics are there. All right. So you mentioned DeFi summer. So this was summer of 2020, kind of perfect timing with COVID lockdowns and everything. But walk me through uh, the timeline from like what kicked off in DeFi summer and kind of some of the ending up with like the current state of DeFi. Right. So, so DeFi summer when I got in, right. And it wasn't the very, very beginning, but Essentially, to me, what kicked it off was the lending and borrowing markets and the fact that something like Compound, which is a lending and borrowing market on Ethereum, they kind of had, you know, their comp token, which you could earn by depositing or even taking a loan. So people were getting paid to take loans, essentially, which sounds crazy. And there was a bunch of, you know, we call it yield farming, but, you know, what I like to refer to it as is kind of like a similar to like airline miles. When you spend your credit card, you get airline miles. It's like everybody was making money from these new tokens that were being released by just using this thing we call DeFi, right? Different applications. So it's kind of like yield farming is kind of like a, a marketing allocation budget of like a new token and it's like free money, right? So things were going crazy. And to me, what, what caught my attention was when the price of this coin I was holding at the time for like a while called BAT, shout out to the Brave browser, it started going up in price, which was super unusual, right? It was super aggressive. And I was like, all right, why is this happening? So when I dug into it, I found out that I think on Compound, the BAT token had a super high PY. Like if you deposited or borrowed BAT, you were getting a lot of comp tokens for free. So people were buying BAT, putting it in Compound, borrowing, borrowing BAT and all that stuff. And that was causing like a supply shock. 
So I was like, damn, that's that's crazy. Like this this lending thing, like I I did, you know, you kind of did hear about it in like 2018 with like a lend or there, uh, which was like what Ave was called prior prior to being called Ave. And there was also this one other, I remember it was called salt lending. And that's like super 2017. But I don't think all that was like structured well back then. But like now we actually had something that worked, right? You could literally take a loan against your crypto. You could lend it out. APYs were high. And I think that's what kind of stirred the pot. And the whole yield farming craze lasted all summer and obviously into 2021 as well. But then we got, you know, something like Uniswap. And I was like, all right, beside lending, I can swap my coins, put them back into like Avair Compound. And it started like this whole domino effect of like us realizing that there is actual use cases for, you know, this whole blockchain thing. And yeah, the basically DeFi summer was a bunch of free money, a bunch of free money. And that got everybody's excitement up. And, you know, the rest is kind of history. Oh, yeah. And the Uniswap. Well, I guess Bancor was probably the first amm but it yeah, came a long day from argument. like from ether delta back in the day in mm-hmm. 2017 yeah so so DeFi summer super super important kind of kickstart this lots of craziness food coins and all all of it yeah what about what about right now so this is being recorded early july and we've just had the collapse of UST and Anchor and Luna and like this whole ecosystem, I forget what it was, but like $40 billion just mm-hmm. had three arrows capital. So $18 billion hedge fund prop trading fund blow up. So th- there's a there's a lot of this like mantra right now of like DeFi is dead. It wasn't sustainable. It was just this like emission schedule to get people to use things. There, There's not a lot... There, there wasn't as much there as we thought there was. So like, paint me the picture of what's going on right now, because I would imagine for the the average bystander, it's DeFi's dead and it's evolving into something else. So let's let's talk about where we are right now. Let's talk about it. So, you know, ironically enough, I think the events of the last couple of months have strengthened the case for DeFi. Because if you look at it, right, Celsius, BlockFi, Voyager, and Three Arrows Capital blowing up or any fund blowing up has nothing to do with DeFi, right? Those are, you know, some call them neobanks, some call them just banks, disguised banks, whatever you want to call them, right? They're not DeFi. And the problem is, I think most people, especially the media, right? They put the, the word crypto on everything. Like crypto is melting down, right? Celsius going under, crypto is melting down. When in reality, we have Aave, Compound, Uniswap, Maker, Curve, all chugging along just fine, right? There's been no, it's been super boring for them. And that's good, right? Boring is good. So nothing is broken on that end. And that kind of shows you, right? Celsius and all these kind of neobanks that are blowing up, it's because they they committed the sin of don't trust verify, right? They trusted and didn't verify. So they gave out loans to people that they trust. And you know what happens when you only rely on trust is we saw exactly what happens, right? But with with Ave or Compound, the reason they're not blowing up is because you can't have an under collateralized loan, right? It's a it's a it's a piece of code that as soon as that loan becomes under collateralized, you know it it does what it has to do to make things right. So to me, I'm sitting back, and as every everybody's kind of like uncertain about crypto, I'm like, this kind of like proves the point that like we really need this right so like that that's kind of my my take on things of course like the luna ust thing it was i mean you can argue like that's that's defi that's crypto and stuff but at the same time i mean i never got into the luna at all never used luna and i use a lot of a lot of chains i'm always trying stuff but the reason like anchor didn't pull me in is because i read the documentation which i feel like most people don't really care about still but I mean, 20% fixed APY, right? I was like, okay, that that like caught my attention, obviously. So I was like, let me go to the docs. Then I realized within literally 15 seconds of reading, oh, it's subs. When I saw like the word subsidized buy, I was like, yeah, this is not like raw yield, right? It's not supply and borrow demand. So there's there's a good quote that goes, I don't know who started it, but if you don't know where your yield is coming from, you are the yield. That's exactly what that was. So yeah. It's, it's like people are blurring the line between crypto. And I mean, everything's crypto nowadays. Every company wants to jump in and 
you know, get a piece of the pie or just ride the wave. But the real, real like DeFi is more alive than ever, I think. Yeah, and I, I agree. And the media kind of joining these two together between DeFi and actual these neo banks or CFI, centralized finance, whatever, definitely doesn't help for the industry. My, my biggest thing with this blow up is that for the average person, I, I don't have a course where I walk people from zero into DeFi, right? So the onboarding funnel for me, a lot of the times is, you know, sign up for BlockFi or Gemini and put switch into stable coin and like treat it as a high yield savings account that like is actually high risk. But I mean, you're getting the same yield seven to 9% that you would be getting on, on high yield bonds, which like, I probably trust those companies more than like the shitty high yield bond that's earning 7% anyways. So that, that was kind of the way I, I did it. So, so it is a shame, but like in general, when looking at the discrepancy between DeFi which Aave, Compound, these borrowing and lending platforms are like 0.5% to 2% right now. So quite low yields. And then when you're looking at Celsius, Nexo, BlockFi, Gemini, whatever, they're of 5 to 7 9%. So how, how, how do you think about these differences? Because it is like the alluring siren sound of these centralized platforms having much higher yield. Well, that's the thing. I'm glad you brought this up. The, the Celsius and Voyager, all those yields are not yields, right? So what they're kind of doing is taking super high risks. So all of them are like a black box, right? You put your crypto in, you don't know what's going on within to get your returns. Like when they offer 5% yield on Bitcoin, there is no yield on Bitcoin, right? Unless you're lending or borrowing, but we know like Bitcoin doesn't produce any type of yield. So where's that coming from? And it's coming from just like what the banks do, right? They pay you 0.01 interest or whatever, but they're doing things when they turn around and lend out your money and get way more. So that's kind of what they're hoping to do. They think, you know, because it's a raging bull market, we can, you know, lend this out to people. We can take risks with it. We can over leverage and we can make more money and still promise an unsustainable yield. So for Avir compound to be 0.5 or two or three or 4%, that's fine because that's the market price. That's the market yield, right? I, I, I know like that's, it's transparent. I, I know like exactly what I'm getting into. So whatever it is on Avir compound, I can't be mad at it. That's just, that's just what it is right now. But that's the problem. I think, I think greed and it all comes down to education at the end of the day, right? If, if you think getting 6% returns on your Bitcoin is sustainable, right? Then you just don't know, you know, exactly what's really going on. So, and it's funny because like in my course, I, I found a slide when, you know, kind of Celsius blew up. I went back, I was like, I knew I talked about this. And there was a slide from like September, 2021 where it explicitly says BlockFi, Nexo, Celsius are not DeFi. Once you deposit your coins, you don't own them. You don't know what they're doing. So, I mean, I realized that without really doing much research, I just kind of look at things and always try to understand the yield or the back end. So, I mean, yeah, to answer your question, it's it goes back to that quote, right? If you, if you don't know where your yield is coming from, you are the yield. So yeah, that, that, same with Anchor, right? Uh, that that's not yield. That's, that's a subsidized, subsidized money you're getting that just doesn't make sense. So when we talk about yield, right, if anything, DeFi has a true yield. And over the last like year or two, if you just left stable coins in there, you got like a good 4.55%. So, I mean, that's, that's still amazing. You know, right now they might be down, obviously, because less people are borrowing, you know, right now times are crazy, but yeah, I, I prefer to stick to the transparent side of finance. And that just kind of proves the point and builds the case for DeFi in my, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And ultimately, I mean, if, if somebody is paying you 5% and unless they have a massive treasury that they're subsidizing this, that means somebody's paying them more than 5% and they're making a spread. Exactly. So what risky behaviors is that person doing to pay more than 5% on their money? They need to be making, you know, 
so they're paying them 7%. So they need to be making 9%. Like, and it goes, this daisy chain goes all the way down. I want to transition into onboarding. So we've talked about the reason why DeFi is important and some, some of the, some of the intricacies of DeFi in general. And I definitely want to get into predictions of what's happening and where this could be going. But before we get there, let's talk a little bit about onboarding people into DeFi. So let's start yeah. off on why you're, you feel so passionate about onboarding people into DeFi. Yeah. So the reason is basically kind of piggybacks off of what we just talked about, right? The, the main reason is there's a right way to do it. So a lot of people Crypto is super, super like a, it's like a one big shiny object. It's kind of like a get rich quick scheme. I know, sorry. It's, it's a, it's like game changing, life changing technology disguised as a get rich quick scheme. Right. And the problem is people focus on the latter. So, you know, my thing is I, I, I want to calm people down. Like everybody wants to just start buying stuff and making money and kind of get to the basics. Because if you don't, we kind of saw what happens to people that kind of just jump in. Right. And there's, there's, some students of mine that, you know, maybe didn't go through more than 10% of the course and they ended up buying, you know, going too crazy on Luna or Anchor or Block, you know, some have funds stuck in like Voyager or Celsius. But, you know, I'm definitely noticing a difference for the people that like went through the course and are constantly like, you know, trying to experiment and learn. They're not getting involved in any of that stuff. And I think there's a reason, right? So my thing with onboarding people is, I know how crazy the space is and I know how, how shiny of an object it is. And that makes it so much more easier to lose money. But at the end of the day, it comes from just the passion of like this DeFi thing. Like there's actually something there, like it's not another buzzword. Right. And, you know, I know how exciting it was for me to learn in like the first six months of discovering this thing. So I just kind of want to share that with everybody else and obviously the right way. Right. I'm, I'm not here to tell you what coins to buy or draw lines draw lines on a chart and tell you it's going here but i do know that the hockey puck is going towards you know decentralized systems and and all that so you know i'm i'm almost certain of that but you know as far as like prices go you never know yeah well especially short term right which that that seems yeah, to be the, uh, the 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 point when people are like oh you're in crypto where is bitcoin going to be next week and you're like i have no idea it yeah. could be plus or minus like 10,000 20,000 but like mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure that this technology and this thing will be a lot higher and better and more adopted in 3 years and that's the important thing to focus on but you know we get the dopamine rush of checking prices every 2 minutes anyways so Nailed i it. i I'm on your site. So from your Twitter, you can get all of these and I'll, I'll link these in the show notes. But for those listening on the podcast, if you check out on YouTube, you can see me sharing the screen. I just kind of want to go through this a bit and I'm driving so you can point me around, but want to yeah. poke around and show my viewers what you have here, because I think you have a treasure trove of information that is quite good from zero to you kind of know what you're doing enough to be mm -hmm. dangerous within DeFi. So walk me through kind of what we have here and we're on let's do DeFi.com. Yeah. So I made this site just, just because it, th there was at the time there was like nothing really like it. Right. This was like April, 2021. And like I said, all of my, all of my content kind of stems from, I, I took a bunch of notes when I was learning DeFi and NFTs and I'm basically making them prettier and sharing them with everybody else. So I structured let's do in like a particular way so that like you kind of go from like top to bottom as you scroll and it kind of gets easier to understand. Right. So we obviously start with like the basics decentralization. Oh no, sorry. Yeah. This section, the need to know topics, right? Like what is a, what is a wallet? What is a DAP? Like the, the basics things. And once you kind of like understand like what are gas fees and kind of everything that's covered in this first section, you kind of move on, right? Because you have more questions. Then you get to like, why are we building this space? And, you know, this is like the boring stuff I realize, but I mean, boring stuff is al almost always like the most valuable. So 
we got decentralization. These, these are the most important, right? These are these are the core values and tenets that all of this is built on. And you you exactly. kind of lose the forest for the trees, like when you're just yield farming and making this stuff. So these are the principles. So it's very important to like understand why decentralization matters and why self-custody matters and immutability, all of these tenets that crypto is is built on. Sorry, continue, but definitely wanted to add that. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, that that's the like the hard part of being an educator is you know this is the most important stuff, but everybody just wants to get to the money. Like, okay, show me, show me where to get yield, what to buy, right? But if you don't know what decentralization even means, then you are so far behind that it's not even funny. So eventually, you'll have to learn what these things are. So yeah, th this section is kind of just going through like the the four pillars, as I call them. And as you keep scrolling down, you kind of love this money to... is DeFi is like putting money on digital ice skates a world where your money is uncaged fast and free from banks or three to five business days coming from somebody that's like been operating almost primarily in crypto for five years and then like has to do a bank transfer every once in a while you're like mm -hmm. what the heck and then of course it gets flagged i gotta talk to somebody which has its pros and cons right if you send it to the wrong address they'll revert it they'll bring it back in crypto it's gone forever so pros and cons of all of this yeah. But yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, you know, then we get to like a couple of just easy to do tutorials and yeah, it, it, I basically structured it. And there's some resources after that, like podcasts, people to follow and stuff. And yeah. I definitely do need to update this because it's been a while. Um, but yeah, that, that's basically, basically the goal of let's do DeFi. It's, it's like, start here, basically like start here. You don't know what DeFi is start here. That That's kind of my goal for that website. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really good stuff. I mean, seriously, kudos. So when, when onboarding newbies to DeFi and crypto, what is the biggest hurdle you have um, in one, getting them to understand and two, actually getting them onboarded and using DeFi? Yeah, very good question. I think the biggest hurdle is something I just talked about, and that's getting them excited about the basics, right? The foundations, the pillars, you know, cause everybody, as soon as they, you know, come in, they're just, they just want to make money. They just want to make money. Right. So I think that's the biggest hurdle is like, all right, let's, let me show you why. And, you know, I do my best to use analogies and stuff like that and metaphors to kind of tell you why, like this is the important stuff. But as far as understanding all of it is tough because it's just non-traditional, right? We have this thing called a wallet where not only do you have a password, but you have a seed phrase, right? And it's like, what's the difference between the two? Between the two? And then you have self-custody and you know something like an exchange, like Coinbase or something, where you don't have control of your funds. And people have a tough time kind of reading between the lines and understanding the difference between just the basics, right? And then you have gas fees, which is like, why is it called gas, right? So my thing is to kind of like focus on analogies as much as I can when explaining this stuff and try to create like a mental model that kind of describes these non-traditional things in ways that we can understand. So I definitely think the, the two hurdles are one is focusing on the boring stuff, which you actually need to know. And number two is kind of having a super open mind and being patient because a lot of this stuff is just you know, we haven't seen like, what do you mean connect my wallet? Where, where do I sign up to this website? Where do I sign up to Ave, right? Where, is it, where do I put my email in? And it's just like a whole different model, right? So it's, it's tough. It's definitely, you know, super, super difficult. And it, it's super time consuming as well, right? Because my, my whole kind of brand is dumbed down education. And that takes a long time. Like every time I'm, I'm writing a line for my YouTube video, I have to read it two times. And if if I, if I don't think like my parents would understand what I just said, then I have to redo it. So, you know, it seems, I mean, I feel like that's why we don't have many educators like that. Everybody kind of talks in the terms that we all know as, as like crypto natives, but it's hard. Like I know now I know why, like it, it takes a lot of time. What kind of wording or example do you use to, you know, that person that just, doesn't get it. And there's a certain bit of like, if they refuse to get it, they'll never get it sort of thing. But like the, the one that just doesn't get it, but they do want to understand what, what do you, what do you give them to kind of get them over that chasm that they're like, Oh, 
That's what that is. That's why it's important. Do you have some sort of example or some sort of walkthrough that like you lean on when, when you have that person? Yeah, it depends on what, right? What are we talking about? Blockchains? Are we talking about NFTs, et cetera? So yeah, either. I, I, I would say either crypto in general, which at, at this point, those are a little bit more rare. The NFT thing, I think I've, I've beat yeah. that one to death on my channel. So if people haven't mm -hmm. listened to this and don't understand why an NFT could have value, can't, probably can't help them at this point. But so more either yeah. crypto or DeFi. So I really like this, this visualization website called Transaction Street. TX Street or Transaction Street. And it's it's like a super easy to understand like visual of how and what a blockchain is. So I definitely like to use that quite a lot just because if you, you know, blockchain is like one of the first things you got to understand. But, you know, I, I would I would ask them like about their run-ins with traditional finance first and kind of, you know, when they explain something, I kind of cut them off and be like, all right, so what if you could do it this way and it's easier, right? And that kind of tends to make more sense. But honestly, I think the best way to make them get that light bulb moment is to actually use it, right? I think that's when kind of everything changes because, I mean, you can, you can read a whole textbook on like how to swim, right? But when you jump in that water, all that goes out the window because there's panic, there's, you know, there's you can't really read to learn how to swim. You got to just jump in there and, and kind of learn. It's the same way with DeFi, right? Making mistakes, paying gas fees, understanding what that is, seeing your balance or your interests go up every block on like Ave. That's when the light bulb moments hit. And that's when you connect the dots. So, I mean, I, that's why I try to tell people like you can't just read or watch videos. You have to just jump in and, and it'll just start kind of making sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I mean, this goes back to like Roger Bear, which people who there might not be people who know who he is because he was a bigger uh, person or bigger name back in the day. But he used to onboard people by like, you know, hey, sign up for a big Bitcoin wallet. Here you go. I'll send you the, your first 10 bucks in Bitcoin or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. So he was, he was very much like the greatest ambassador and onboarder by doing, because like you said, you can, you can read about it all day long, but until you actually see, which I think this is what you had in mind with transaction yeah. street. So I'm at txstreet.com. So talking about mm -hmm. being able to see visually, but I've never seen this website and it looks flipping cool. So will you yeah. walk me through what's happening here? For sure. So on the left-hand side, we have the Ethereum blockchain, right, right-hand side is the Bitcoin one, right? Basically the same thing. So what you see for people that aren't on like the YouTube is there are, there's a line of buses, right? And each bus is supposed to be a block. And on the left-hand side, you have different DeFi applications or just, you know, anything that's on the blockchain. Like you have MetaMask, you have OpenSea, you have Aave, all of that stuff. So anytime you do any action transaction on the blockchain, right? You have to pay a gas fee, no matter what blockchain you're on, right? In that blockchain's native coin. So there, there's like these little people, like South Park characters that are leaving the buildings, which is the DeFi apps on the left and going towards the buses. So if I'm buying an NFT on OpenSea, right, on the Ethereum network, I would leave the OpenSea building and then get in line for the bus. So the buses in the front, right, they are they charge a, a higher, I guess, price to get on the bus, right? So it's like a it's like a bus fee. And if you want to pay less, you have to go further back in line. So it's kind of like a priority queue, right? The, the more expensive buses are in the front and the cheaper ones are towards the back. So if you want to push your transaction you know, quicker, you get in one of the front buses. So that's, ex that's exactly what that is. And once a bus is filled up, right? Each bus is, you have to pay the bus driver. So let's say there's 200 people that can fit on a bus. Once 200 people have paid and gotten on that bus and that bus closes doors forever and takes off to be added to the blockchain. So the blockchain is basically a huge database. Think of it like a huge Excel sheet. And these, these buses have just a bunch of transactions in them. So when people pay to get their transactions onto a bus, that bus is sent off, added to the blockchain, 
And then also your transaction is validated and everything goes through. So that's that's basically like the rundown of what you are seeing. This this is so stream. freaking cool, man. I I can't believe I've never seen this website. This is this is fantastic yeah. for a visual representation of how mm -hmm. blocks and transactions and data gets allocated to blocks based on the the amount of gas or priority that you're paying and if you pay less yeah. gas or you're you're down here in the low fee line i mean this is mm -hmm. this is fantastic so highly recommend listeners if if you haven't checked out this website before I'm at txstreet.com and you can actually compare different blockchains, which all have different speeds, different block sizes. So really, really cool resource there for visualizing what is happening while we're on it. So talking about getting those, those users onboarded to DeFi, let's transition into like where it's going next. So also yeah. sharing a screen here and sorry for the audio listeners, lots of screen share today, but I'm on DeFi Llama or DeFi Pulse to show the total value locked. And this has kind of been the, the barometer of use and adoption of DeFi that we in crypto use. So starting say January, 2020, there was like $500 million locked in DeFi. Then during the height of DeFi summer, we crossed the billion threshold, which was a big deal. But I mean, it, recently in like late 2022, we were at $230 billion in total value locked. And this is across all blockchains. So ETH was slightly different uh, or slightly lower, but still probably the, the, the lion's share. ETH was at 160 of that 250. But now mm -hmm. we've dropped substantially, and part of this was the Terra uh, blow up, but we're at $75 billion TVL. So still terrific, mm -hmm. insane growth over the last two and a half Zoom years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So zooming out, like looking this year, it's pretty drastic and ugly, but like looking yeah. over the long period of time, it's still come a long way. So it's dropped substantially, but what kind of catalysts or, or next moves take us back to to higher highs or, or, you know, if your thesis is maybe they're not going to higher highs, would love to hear that as well. Yeah. So one thing to kind of like keep in mind, right? So the current TVL you said was in this like 70 something billion. The thing is there could be the same amount of crypto, but because the USD value of each crypto is lower than the TVL USD price is lower. So maybe nothing has changed, right? But if ETH goes back, you know, 4X to $4,700, the TVO would be the same, even though there's the same amount of ETH in DeFi. So, you know, it's looking at the USD value, of course, it's going to go down with the prices, but I think the, and I mean, the USD value does, you know, have substantial meaning, but you know, my kind of thing is, it's the question I like to ask is, are the crypto assets leaving like these platforms? Because if like I have 20 ETH inside of Aave, let's say, and back when the TVL was at the all-time high, if I still have them in there, then my ETH didn't leave. Just the USD price of ETH got lower. So the TVL looks like, oh man, people are exiting crypto. But are they? Or is it just, you know, the, the USD price kind of affecting the TVL? So I don't, I don't really look at TVL as something that's like too, too, you know, telling of anything. Although it is important. But I definitely, yeah, like you said, man, once we zoom out, like it's where we're, we're still so high up, even at these like low, low prices. And but, that is I mean, a very, very good point. I mean, ETH is down 80% from its all-time high or exactly. 75% or whatever. So yeah, it, every, every, all crypto assets. I mean, look, the NASDAQ is down 40% or whatever as well. Yeah. So it's not just, not just mm -hmm. isolated in crypto. So that is a very good point that this is in dollars and the dollar value is down by 870 75%. So good, good point. Where, where can, where's DeFi going? Let's go predictions kind of what's next in crypto and what can, or, or in DeFi and like what catalysts will get us back to new highs. Right. So I think the one kind of dark cloud right now is the whole macro thing. You know, I would really love obviously in a, in a perfect world to see the trajectory of crypto if we didn't have all these crazy things going on in the world. So that is definitely, I mean, I don't think that 
anybody can deny that like that is a big reason not just crypto but everything but let's focus on crypto that crypto is down a lot because there's just a lot of peer, fear panic and obviously crazy inflation wars so that is definitely something that has caused this downturn but no i mean DeFi is here to stay right and DeFi, you know there's the way i look at it is DeFi is mostly meant to be a foundational layer that everything is get, gets built on top of right so something like Compound and Aave, I don't think the world is going to be using, you know, when I say the world, like the majority of people are going to be using MetaMask to kind of take loans on Aave. I think it's going to be Coinbase saying, hey, if you want to get interest on, on your crypto, here's what you can offer, right? And they're going to abstract the fact that they are just depositing your coins into something like Aave. So that is it's kind of like batching users together, abstracting them from the hard stuff and using DeFi as like the foundation layer. And it's already happening, right? It's, I mean, fintechs and stuff they're already doing. As we saw Voyager Celsius, they're obviously not doing it right. But I feel like the abstraction is the ultimate. I think it's called the protocol sync thesis where, you know, all of these uh, foundational layer protocols like Aave, like Maker, kind of sink to the bottom and everything gets built on top of them. So I definitely see DeFi as something that is, is not going anywhere. Right. And I know that's can be like a broad term right now, but yeah, it just, it just makes sense. It just makes sense. And, you know, if, if Celsius, if Voyager and BlockFi, if all they did was just use their user funds to kind of deposit them into DeFi, we wouldn't have these problems, right? I mean, because DeFi won't let you kind of have a under collateralized loan, but they're, they're, they went the opposite way and they just stuck to the TradFi BS, you know, tendencies and this is kind of what happens. So yeah, I think you definitely have an edge if you know how to use DeFi in its current state, because like, 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 you know, on Lido finance, right. Which is like a ETH state or just liquid staking platform, they'll give you like, let's say right now, 3.7% if you stake your ETH. But if you know how to set up a validator, right, you'll get the you get like the 4.5%. So if you know how to use DeFi, you're always going to be making more money because, you know, the companies that build on top of it, that make it super, super easy for you to transact, they're going to take their cut. So I think that's why it's super important to kind of get educated because it's going to be way more lucrative. And I think we were only seeing the start. I don't even know if we've seen the start. This whole thing's kind of just beginning. So yeah, learn as much as you can now because, you know, you're kind of losing that edge every, every time like Coinbase just, just announced that they're launching like Polygon and a bunch of other bridges, right? That means things are getting easier. So like before a month ago, knowing how to use a bridge was an edge. Coinbase launches it you lose your edge because everyday person could just send something from their Coinbase to their Polygon MetaMask, right? So it's all about just being, being, being early, being aware and just being immersed and having all of these edges kind of compound. And I mean, we've seen like the early, <clears throat> early adopters, how much is paid off. Yeah. So education, definitely, definitely relevant. So what, what big trends do you see happening like within DeFi? So seeing a lot of comments on Twitter I, I put out there, but most are around like trends coming up and where you see the DeFi space, you know, some of the some of the difficulties or hurdles that we face now. Where do you see this going in the next pick your time frame that's relevant? So just just to get to the trends point, and I think you kind of know where I'm going. I think the next intersection that only makes sense is DeFi and NFTs. I think that's kind of something that nobody's really, really focused on. And that's why I like it because usually when everybody's already aware, it means like it's probably not like the, the next thing or it's too late to kind of get ahead. So, I mean, you, you know, with charged particles, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but just the fact that there's so much liquidity in NFTs, right. And now it's time let's open that liquidity up, right. As, as kind of crypto does and let's put some money Legos in there and that is going to just open the floodgates. I mean, I think we're already kind of seeing it at least 
some some people are seeing it and that intersection is just like kind of like just a ticking bomb of just innovation to happen and I'm, I'm super excited for for that maybe you can kind of give your perspective because i think you're very well aware of, yeah. of what's coming no i mean i think in general 100 agree obviously charge particles our twitter handle is DeFi nft that we got in february 2020 so definitely thinking about the like convergence of these two things but as mm -hmm. nfts continue to grow in importance and in value in our lives, being able to use them as the financial assets that they are in new unique ways, whether it's trustlessly renting them out, using them as collateral bundling or unbundling them. These, these are kind of like the future trends where I think things are going. So it would be like NFT, DeFi, GameFi, MetaFi, you, you know, all of this mm -hmm. like yeah. decentralized finance kind of integrating its way into these other bigger crypto themes of blockchain gaming or metaverse like all of them will be interconnected under this broader un umbrella of like nft and DeFi. definitely so 100 agree with you there one important thing that i forgot to bring up that is very very important uh, somehow we talked about all the great things and all onboarding people and where the space is and where it could be going. And we skipped over arguably the most important part, which is the risks. <laughs> so wanted to probably should have edited yeah. this section, throw it in the very beginning, but uh, there are yeah. risks to DeFi. We talked about the collapse of Terra, $40 billion kind of banished very, very quickly. Three Arrows Capital blew up $18 billion, big chunks of the ecosystem. But there are scams, smart contract risks, rug pulls, all the sort of things that happen within the space. So let's talk a bit about risks that exist within DeFi and how you think about those. And then also what problems do we have with the existing DeFi that exists and, and kind of yeah, let's let, let's start with those. And again, this is, even though it's one of the last questions, it's very important to understand these things yes. before jumping in. There's no there's no free lunch. There's no free yield. Yeah, risks. Like you said, man, there, there's a lot of risks. I think for me, like I'll take smart contract risk any day, right? If it's audited and you know that's the maybe only your biggest concern, then okay, I'm fine with that. But when you have like crazy Ponzi nomics and stuff going on. You know, that's that's definitely a risk I would say you should probably stay away from. The real risk is just not reading up on what you're buying or using that. I mean, let's be real. Most most of these things happen because nobody really cared to kind of understand what exactly it is that they're buying. So when prices go down, you kind of look at your portfolio and you're like, what are these coins even like? What do they even do? Right. And, you know, that that's kind of on you because now you're either going to sell them at a huge loss or, you know, some of them that are you know super fundamentally sound you're not going to buy more of when you probably should because again you don't know what you're buying but yeah i mean there's there's all kinds i think it's super important to kind of do a deep dive on on everything you get into like look at the team right you know i know we are in a anonymous kind of area where you know there's anonymous teams anonymous developers but you know, there's some risk with that as well. Like we saw with the whole Wonderland, you know, that that was not great at all. So as much as I, I love and non teams, like personally, I think if they're docs, there's a layer of risk that kind of goes away. So it's tough because I know that crypto is kind of built on this whole anonymity thing. But I mean, I think it's worth talking about. And of course, just just straight up audits, right? There's a lot of protocols that they launch, they look really great, but they're not audited yet. And people don't even, I mean, I think on DeFi Llama, they have like a section when you click on a protocol that says, is there an audit, right? Yes, no, you can get the details. So at the end of the day, the risk is on you as much as I hate to say it, right? You, I mean, anything can happen. Like could be, you could do the most research. It could seem like a bulletproof protocol. And then there's like a bug or an exploit, right? But that is a risk you should be, Personally, I'm I'm willing to take because you know I know I did my research and there's nothing more I can do. So yeah, there's definitely risks. You know, it's it's I don't know. I feel like the risks every time there there's you know somebody gets their seed seed phrase compromised or they lose money in something like lunar Celsius. And you know when I see people get mad like oh why why didn't you know 
people talk about the risks or this, I mean, you shouldn't rely on other people to kind of do your risk management for you. I know this is a new space and I know it's like, there's not much regulation, but then at the end of the day, like it's your money. If like most of you, most of you wouldn't lend a hundred bucks to a stranger. So why are you putting a thousand bucks into a protocol that you know nothing about? Right. I think people kind of see it differently and think, oh, just because they have a pretty website, it has to be safe or stuff like that. So, you know, I don't like to focus too much. Obviously, I do talk about risk, but it's it's like obvious, like you you have to most of the time it's just the user just being, you know, not being responsible. Yeah, truthfully. Yeah, good points. And I mean, do your own research. Think about think about risk sizing with all of these things. Don't put all of your money in it and and treat it like a risk asset because it is this nascent space overall, even if it's battle tested with billions of dollars in a couple of years. And there's a lot of people that feel very strongly about it. There are risks. Chris, this has been a great conversation. Really appreciate going through a little bit about your course and onboarding people. Where can my listeners find out more about you or where would you like to send them for more information? Uh, yeah. So on Twitter, I'm the Chris K and that's Chris with a K, K-R-I-S. I know a lot of people get that wrong. I'm on YouTube at DeFi Donut and I, let's do DeFi.com is my you know free website of education as well. I also have a course that you can find. It's my pinned tweet on Twitter if you want to kind of dive a little deeper. So yeah, I'm kind of, I'm everywhere. I'm in a lot of discords, but mostly I think Twitter is a great place to find me at the Chris K. Awesome. And I'll link up all of those things in the show notes and congrats on the recent course launch and yeah, keep providing all of this excellent free resource for people to find out more. And like I said, man, doing God's work, onboarding people, it's, it's not easy at times, but we all appreciate it in the space. That's, that's definitely sure. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me on. There you go. First off, thank you very much for listening all the way through. I hope you got a lot of value out of that conversation. As always, you can find show notes, links, and more at altassetallocation.com. Please share this with anyone you think might be interested and derive any value from this conversation. And as always, you can reach out to me for any feedback or questions. Please give the video a like, or even better, subscribe on YouTube or your podcast player of choice. This really helps others find the podcast or the video as well. Thanks a lot. Hope everybody has a fantastic day and stay safe out there and invest wisely. Cheers.